Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. As always, the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is fueled by Cody Road and all of the spirits created by the folks down at the Mississippi River Distilling Company in LeClaire. On today's episode of the podcast, I got an opportunity to hop on a Zoom call with former Iowa State safety, all Big 12 safety, Kamari Cotton Moya. Obviously, was a huge piece of Iowa State's defensive resurgence in the 2017 season, was in some huge games. Uh, the win over Texas Tech had the big pick six off Pat Mahomes, had uh, you know some big plays in the win over Oklahoma. So we went down memory lane a little bit and talked about those things. But first, to lead off the podcast, we talked about earlier this week, Kamari was named as the new head coach, head football coach at Denison Schleswig High School in Western Iowa. Uh, the Monarchs are in the Hawkeye 10, so I'm very familiar with that school. Uh, the, a school most notable for producing Brandon Scherf, the Outland Trophy winner for Iowa, now a, uh, an all-pro offensive guard for uh, the Washington Redskins, as you can imagine, that did not go very well for me on the basketball floor back in the day. But we just talked a little bit about uh, why Denison, how Kamari ended up there, uh, which is a long ways from Bakersfield, California, uh, where, where he is originally from, uh, what he's been up to since he left Ames and then just went down memory lane a little bit. I think you guys will enjoy it. And after a word from our sponsors, a really quick word from our sponsors, we're going to get to that interview with Kamari Cotton Moya here in just a minute. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And we welcome in now here on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast, uh, former Iowa State All Big 12 safety, and just this week announced as the new head football coach at Denison Schleswig High School here in, uh, in the state of Iowa, Class 3A school over in Western Iowa. Kamari, thanks for taking some time to do this. I appreciate it, man. I'm grateful for the opportunity. So just 
real quick, can you give us an idea of what, what kind of has been your path, um, since you left Iowa state, it's been a, a couple years now. And, um, you know, in between when you left Ames and, and now to, to end up back in Denison. Yeah. Um, I think kind of trying to find my role in, in, in my football athletic playing field has been, you know, my, my first, um, priority here, you know, trying to uh, maximize my, my playing potential, you know, playing through injuries throughout my college career and then, um, getting to a couple, uh, professional training camps and, um, tryouts and things like that has, has been, well, I've been prioritizing the last three years since I left Iowa state, um, try to find out, get a foot in the door. Then, you know, COVID happened. So, um, you know, I was starting to look at other opportunities to expand on my career and, you know, to, to actually get, get moving forward without football. And, um, you know, there, there's never a life without football for me. So, you know, I, I knew that coaching was my next opportunity, um, to stay in the game. And, um, it's something I tried to take advantage of with coming from youth, youth sports, 707, um, volunteer coaching and a whole bunch of things like that. So what, how difficult was that decision to, um, move on? I mean, I imagine it can't be, and couldn't have been an easy one. And obviously everything was kind of weird there for a while with, uh, with how everything was going with COVID and everything. Uh, it wasn't an easy one at all, but I know that I had to make the right decision for my family. For me, I'm getting, I'm not getting any younger. I'm only getting older. Um, actually beginning this year, I was working out and getting ready to go do a couple tryouts. And I actually did a workout with a couple, um, couple teams and was going to go do the, to the CFL, uh, work, do a CFL workout. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I'm big, a big faith, big believer in, in God. And, um, you know, I just went back and, and prayed about it. And I think, you know, God answered my prayers and, and led me to the decision to, to take the head coach job at Dennis Sleswick. So how did that process work? What did you look at a lot of other places and just try to find somewhere that was open or, or was that somewhere that you had a prior connection to or, or how did, well, how did it work for that to, for you to end up with the, the Monarchs? To be honest, um, I was, I wasn't really looking for an exact high school football job. I was kind of doing my own thing with some travel 707 teams and, um, youth football at first, you know, I wanted to get my foot in the door and, and really just, just help the, help, help the kids out. And, um, so as I start looking, looking towards my professional career and what I'm doing after football, I decided to go get my master's in education and, um, you know, I explored some graduate assistant opportunities and explored some different things, but overall, um, throughout my, throughout the last three years, I've, you know, I got to, you know, be involved in uh, different education systems. And I found that, you know, being an educator is what I kind of want, you know, want to lay my path on. And um, so being a substitute, I started substitute teaching just to get some more experiences while I'm, while I'm doing some schooling. And um, I started subbing at Denison. And when I found out Coach Van Cly, who is who was the former head coach at Denison, he took a, he took a new job in a in, um, in different area. Uh, the staff there, they were, you know, open arms and they, you know, they expressed, expressed their um, interests and I expressed my interests and I think kind of worked out the perfect timing, I, you know, I, and God makes no mistake. So. Man, I have, I feel like I have to, so Denison was in the conference that I played in, in high school. Um, I went to Clarinda and okay. uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, we went to play a basketball game up at Denison and I had to guard a guy named Brandon Scherf. 
who uh, I, at that time I was about six <laughs> foot seven and I probably weighed 170 pounds and Brandon Scherf was six foot six and probably weighed three ten. So he was like two of me, uh, not exactly the easiest matchup. What, uh, what are you going to do to bring uh, Brandon Scherf back? I know he's a Hawk, but you got to have that connection to the, to the program and to some of the greats, don't you? Oh yeah. I think Brandon Scherf, he's real, real, real connected in that, in that community still to this day. You know, his family still is in that community. He's real, um, a big supporter of the school district and, and everyone in that community, you know, he's very, um, very silent, but I know he, he loves, he loves that community, he loves to give back and he does, you know, he does above and beyond for that community. I know he helped, he helped build a uh, weight room at the high school there. And, um, you know, and, and Brandon Sheriff's, Brandon Sheriff's huge and they have his pictures and his, uh, jerseys hung around in the school, you know, but, um, the Hawk cycling connection, I think it's there. I think, uh, only time it's any type of rivalry is when we're playing against each other. And I think, you know, I think it, it's, it's open community. And I think, you know, being in the state of Iowa was real, you know, real home, um, warming to me, I feel like. And I think, I think it is, it's going to be a great, a great, great opportunity for me. All right. So for you as a cyclone and let's, I want to want you to go back, I guess, quite a ways. What, what was it that brought you to Iowa state being a kid from California? I mean, what, what maybe were even your expectation expectations coming to Iowa state before you had, um, gotten on campus and, and really gotten in school? Like what, what was your mind mindset of Iowa, uh, when you were, you know, coming up in California and then started to get recruited? To be all the way honest, I didn't know anything about Iowa state. Um, <laughs> I knew a little bit about Iowa state just from seeing them playing the big 12. I was a big Texas and TCU fan all my life. Um, I was a big Oklahoma Sooners fan. I, I used to watch, I used to love what Malcolm Kelly. I know that, 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 um, viral freestyle he's doing it. He did in the locker room in the big 12 or it was a big 10 back then championship. And, um, that's the only time I ever, ever heard about Iowa state actually Todd Sturdy, who was the office coordinator at one point at Iowa state, who is now the office coordinator at Northwest Missouri state. He was my recruiter. He was at Washington state when I originally met him and, and he took a job at Iowa state as a receiver coach. And he came back to recruit me in Bakersfield, California and um, had that Iowa State logo on his shirt. And I kind of like, what was that? And, you know, at the time I was, you know, battling with grades and, and as a senior and trying to figure out my clearinghouse and um, my eligibility. But Coach Rhodes and Toss 30, you know, they sent me out here to Iowa. It was freezing cold. First time ever, you know, being in, I think it was below, below zero degrees weather. And um, I seen the facilities, I seen the, you know, the alumni, I seen how, how everything was handled here. And it was, it was just, you know, I said it was no brainer. I committed on the spot and, um, you know, I don't look back. I love it. I love the, I love what I, you know, my choice and I love what my, um, my decision. So what is, um, as you look back, what do you feel like you learned from coach Rhodes and, uh, coach Wally Burnham? to uh two guys that I'm, i mean i'm sure you had a good relationship with obviously you were really successful on the field individually even not as though you guys weren't as successful on the field as a team um coach rose he was he was probably the greatest mentor i had um at that 18 i think at eight at an 18 year old you know young high school coming into college student can have um coach rose he never gave up 
he was the definition of someone that was going to push you until you understood your true potential. And I know it didn't, you know, correlate and translate on the field, but coach Rhodes was that guy. And coach Rhodes was a great relationship person, you know, and he believed in all his athletes, um, regardless if we won or not. I know he was something that, you know, helped me believe in myself. And I think that's something that as a coach, I want to translate and give back to the kids is how do I figure out how to, you know, some of the kids that don't truly believe in themselves in the sport of football, how do I help them believe in themselves? What what can I do to motivate them? What can I do to push them? And I think what Coach Rose and Coach Wally Burnham, even, you know, Campbell and his staff, Campbell and his staff was a whole different dynamic. Um, and they they opened my eyes up to the true game of football. So as you as you look back, how difficult was that time um after they were fired before Coach Campbell came in I mean you had you were a guy that obviously was a you know you were a big 12 defensive freshman of the year not that year right before but in 2014 and then um you know to have your coach leave I mean I'm I'm sure you're someone that I probably in this day and age like everybody would be scared about transferring you know just you would have had plenty of suitors like what was it that made you want to stick with Iowa State uh even after you know coach Rhodes was fired to be honest, I was young when Coach Rose, I was young-minded as well. When Coach Rose got fired, I did initially plan to transfer when Coach Rose got fired, not because just Coach Rose got fired, but because how the seasons were going. We, I think we had two seasons. We, I don't think we won more than three games. Um, you know, I don't think I was reaching my full potential. I know I had faced an injury that my freshman year, my original, my true freshman year, tore my Achilles, and then the year after that came one big 12 freshman year, still had injuries, was fighting injury, and um, – and, you know, when Coach Rose got fired, it was just like kind of the ceiling cap and, you know, got had great relationship with Coach Rhodes. And um, I, I was I was one foot out the door, one foot in, and then Campbell came in. And um, I believe I missed the last two games with Rhodes staff because I knew I was trying to transfer. I knew I was going to go back home, go get closer to the West Coast because I was young. I did have a daughter in high school. And um, I, was getting, I was getting back, you know, my plan was to get back closer to her. And, um, you know, met coach Campbell when he first came in and he had great belief in me and he had great, you know, things to say. So it was, you know, it, it was tough, but coach Campbell made me a believer in what, you know, what, what the possibilities of, of staying could do for me. And, um, I believe that helped me a lot. What was his message to you? You know, cause he, he's talked about that a lot. I mean, even with these guys who are, I guess now, you know, the quote unquote super seniors, but the guys like Kanae and Chase Allen and, you know, Dylan Sainer and so on down the line, like that first recruiting class that he brought in, how they were the people who kind of believed in the vision when there really wasn't much evidence to show mm -hmm. them anything that, you know, what they thought could come to fruition. Like, is that kind of how it was for him with you when he was trying to convince you to stay? Yeah. And um, I think really what Campbell, you know, Campbell brought the excitement of being a young coach and, um, and like I said, I think Campbell opened up Campbell and his staff, Coach Haycock and um, Campbell. They opened up that you know the eyes of not only me, but I'm pretty sure any other any other player that played under Campbell and Rhodes. Uh, that Campbell and his staff opened up the eyes of us of you know how do we really take on the you know the challenge of college football. And at first, you know, like I said, being a young high school um, guy coming into college, we're looking to, we're not really thinking about so much, you know, the, the film, the, the weight room, this tutoring and, you know, maximizing everything we're, you know, film weight room practice. Now let's party, you know, or let's, let's go hang out. But Campbell and his staff, they really, you know, honed in and honed in on let's utilize all of our time. 
how much how much film are we watching? How much you know, what are we doing in the weight room? How are we taking care of our body? And that was kind of new to me, even though I was in college already two years and in a program for two years. And even though I never really maximized my ability of doing that, I think if, you know, if I started off with Campbell with the injuries, my injuries would have been minimal and um, I would have had a different mindset and in, in approaching college football. So that, that first year, obviously things did not start off exactly great. You guys lose to, to Northern Iowa in season opener and then you go to Iowa and I've heard a story uh, about, the speech that coach Campbell gave in the locker room, or maybe I don't know if it's a speech is a good way to put it, but I've heard about how the locker room was after that game. And I, I've heard that it was not an exactly a, uh, an enjoyable experience. What, what do you remember of that? And how was, you know, maybe those early games where you guys were really tested by some teams and pushed to, uh, to get better, like, how did that kind of change your guys' mindset to where you were able to turn it around and have some success later in the year? Um, to be honest, I think really what, you know, and I think it all started with Campbell and his staff. They, even though we were tested by these other teams, no matter what day in, day out, they tested us daily. Um, and then they held us accountable. And that's something I don't think, and not, you know, nothing against Rhodes and his staff, but I think that's something that Rhodes and his staff really didn't, even though they did hold us accountable and they did, you know, do things like that. But I think Campbell and his staff took it to the next level of holding us accountable, took to the next level of, you know, showing us what it's really like to be a college football player and what it's really like to practice hard every, every day, no matter if it's a walkthrough, no matter if it's film, what it's like to take advantage of every single time we're given to maximize our potential, our ability to play football. And I think that was, you know, it took us a while to understand it because, you know, that year it was still a lot of guys that was, you know, junior seniors from the last staff. And it was kind of, you know, foreign to us to feel like, Hey, we're, um, you know, practice hard every day. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday walkthrough, and we're still going hard. Like, you know, should we, you know, calm it down? Nope. But you could, you see how the program has changed now. And, and I think that's what, you know, it took us a little bit to understand that, but, if you see how the program is now, is now, and I think that's Campbell's, you know, it was his blueprint from the beginning when he stepped off the plane at, in, in Ames. So then was the game where it all kind of started to come together, that game against Texas Tech? You had the big interception return for a touchdown off of off of Pat Mahomes, um, and that's one that I think everybody points to as kind of being the beginning of all of this. What what are your memories of that game? And man, how is it, how weird is it now to see uh, Patrick Mahomes doing what he's doing for the Kansas city chiefs, even when, you know, I, I know for the longest time, you guys were like the last team to hold his, one of his offenses below 10 points, I think. Yeah, I think, um, I think it wasn't that game. I think it was that week of practice. I know coach Campbell talked about the way we practiced that week, the way we, you know, prepared that week and the way we came, we attacked that week. Um, from my memory, I, you know, I believe everybody was, we, we were locked in. We were, you know, a couple games left this season. It was in November. Knew we weren't going to bowl game, but we, we you know, we wanted to, you know, continue to grow. So ne next year we knew what we were working with. And I think that whole week, it, it, it turned everything. It sparked, a, it sparked, a, uh, sparked something in everyone's mind, especially as juniors and, you know, the seniors that were, were, were leaving or the sophomores that was under us, they, everyone's seen it. And, you know, and then the next year we, that, that's, that's that winter we came in, we worked hard that spring. We came in, worked hard. You know, he brought in his guy, the recruits he brought in. And I think we went, you know, hit the ground rolling. And even though it was still a, you know, challenging year, the next year we still got, you know, um, got better every day. And I think that's something that was real big to Campbell and his staff.
So then the, the winner after coach Campbell's first season before the 2017 season is one that again, he's, he's talked about a lot and I'm interested to know from the perspective of someone who is a, a senior. And I mean, I, you know, Alan has maybe talked about this before and I'm sure Joel probably has, but it sounds like from the way coach Campbell portrays it, you know, David Montgomery kind of really stepped up at that time and pushed his way in as a leader, you know, in addition to you guys, what, I mean, just what was that next winter like for you guys? I mean, I imagine there had to be a sense of urgency where it's like, it's, it's now or never, if we're going to, you know, get to a bowl game and have any of those team accomplishments that we were hoping for, but then to see some of those other guys coming in the Davids, the Canes and so on down the line that were coming in as well, that were really buying in to try and make that the, you know, turn it around as quickly as it possibly could have. I've been, I, I guess. Yeah. I think that year, I think we, I think us, we're all seniors, me, Joel, Allen, and a couple of other guys. And, you know, even the juniors that was on right under us. And um, I think what, what, it wasn't a fear, but I believe, you know, Campbell was willing to play anybody. He didn't care who, what your name was. He didn't care how long you've been in the program. Campbell would have played in nothing against the walk-ons versus scholarship, but Campbell would, would start a walk-on if they bought into his program and they actually did everything the right way. And Campbell wasn't only do the right, right thing in, in um, on the football field. He was school, tutoring, um, rehab, whatever it may have been. You know, there's one way to do it, and this is the only way to do it. And I think, you know, that coming in that year, we all knew that, you know, we haven't won anything the whole, you know, our four years we've been there, we haven't won anything. So we're not locked down in our position. And, um, you know, I think the younger guys coming in like David and, you know, Lawrence white and, um, a whole bunch of guys that Campbell brought in, you know, they were, they were, they were pushing us seniors and our as juniors because they were, they were hungry for a spot and Campbell was, you know, there was no spot secured. And, um, I think that, I think that was the big, big turning point there. All right. So then 2017, I mean, the, the, the obvious jumping off point is the Oklahoma game. Uh, for someone that was on the team, what was, what did you, or I don't even know how the best way to put it. What is your expectation going into Norma and Oklahoma when you know, you guys are going to have to start your third string quarterback has never started a college game. Uh, I, to my knowledge, you'd never thrown a college pass even at that point, like what, what's the team's vibe going into that game against the number three team in the country when, you know, you've got some adversity that you're already facing before you even get there. I'm sorry. Um, I think, I think it would, it would, and it goes back to saying about, you know, doing everything the right way. That's just who Kyle Kemp was. Kyle Kemp was the guy, the, the epitome of doing everything the right way. And it correlated, you know, and that's what Campbell always talked about, the correlation between, you know, school, tutoring and doing everything the right way, taking the weight room serious, taking training serious. It will it will translate on the field. And I think you see it. You see what what how how it turned out with, with Kyle. Kyle was that guy. And um we we all had no no doubt, no fear in starting him and we were all trying to just play football. And we we're you know, we we're in midseason and we tried to tack it head on. What was the you know, that was around that same time that they switched to the, the three safety look that has become, you know, kind of synonymous with Iowa state football. Uh, what was that like for you as a safety to start playing in that, in that defense when coach Haycock made the switch? I mean, was, I guess it was a couple of weeks before that game, but uh, it, you know, was so different at that time from anything that, you know, anybody had really seen before to now, like everybody across the country is trying to replicate what they do. Um, 
and, you know, not able to do it as well as Iowa state is. But when you guys were first learning, that was like, was it like, man, this is, were you aware of like how different it was, how, you know, now it's like is revolutionary kind of for, for college football defense. Yeah. I think, you know, football is a copycat game. And as a coach, you start, I'm starting to see it as well. And you know, not starting to see it. I've known it for a long time, but and we see, but when we started running that defense, we, we were, we kind of watched West Virginia, West Virginia ran a, uh, uh, a form of that that defense and you know they ran it much differently than we than coach haycock um installed it and runs it but we we, we kind of copied you know west virginia a little bit and, and and went from there with them but we changed it a lot and we didn't run as much and we played a selfless defense and i think that's what that's why that three that three that three high safety thing will do is we play so selfless and everybody on the field has a responsibility it's not just you know hey um, you know, I'm slanting for no reason. No, you're slanting because, you know, we're trying to keep our, our linebackers free or whatever the case may be. Um, and I think that, I think it was, it was, it was different, but we knew that it worked in the big 12 and we knew that we had some success with it. And um, I think we all bought in and, and it allowed, allowed us to play freely, but also, you know, kept the safeties and our linebackers and everyone on edge because it's being a selfless defense. Anybody can play. You don't need just an all-star safety you don't need an all-star linebacker anybody can play those roles and you see it when you have big rotations such as they, what they do now and i think it it, it kind of helped us play fast a little bit yeah i've we've talked on the on our podcast before i think uh at times where it's like you see the success that greg eisworth has had now in that defense and it it's almost disappointing that you didn't get to play anymore because i know that you probably would have had that same level of success that he has just with the kind of player you were like, what, what was the mindset that you took onto the field every, every Saturday? I mean, just, you were a guy that was always trying to get in the mix, not afraid to, you know, put your body on the line and, and get after somebody to, to go and get the football. And, and that was something I thought always made you really fun to watch. I think that was just it. I think really just trying to put my body on line for the team and not really, you know, understanding that I've been through multiple different injuries, shoulder, hernia, whatever it may have been, um, hamstring, you know, and just continue to try to play at a high level, no matter what, you know, um, what the scoreboard said. I think that's what, you know, I, I, took, I took the approach as, and then it, and like I said, when Campbell and his staff came, they, you know, they opened my eyes to my true ability a little bit. And, you know, um, you know, I just had a buy-in and took a little, little, took a little while, but it also helped me a little bit to understand that these are the things that's, these are the things that I needed to do, and these things I needed, how I wanted to play. So, and you know, I look back at it as I was training, you know, continue trying to move forward with my football, my professional football career. It was the same thing, you know. I always have you know flashbacks in my head about you know some speeches that Haycock and um, and Campbell always gave me, or we talked and the things, you know, how, how do I push myself or even, um, coach Wade, the, our, our former strength coach, things like that. Um, so I think just, you know, same thing, putting my body on line, trying to do was, was, you know, was best for a team and same time trying to play fast, try to play football. All right. I've just got a couple more things for you. Last one. That's kind of about, uh, about the past, but is there any, any game, like any memory or anything like that, that you would point as like, this was like my favorite memory of my time at, at Iowa state, maybe. Um, I got, there's a couple, I think, I think, um, 
there's a couple. There's a couple. I think uh, there's not just one. I think I, I, I think back on it. I think the think that year 2014 we won at Kinnick. I was a true. I was a redshirt freshman. That was huge. Even though it was a it was a defensive game and. You know, I was, you know, I was always tough to play, especially when we we're playing the Big Ten versus Big Twelve. That's that's huge because they they play their style off, they play their style of football no matter what the score is. And um, they'd be able to just say we we beat them one year. I think that's huge. Um, the Oklahoma game is huge. Um, let me see. There's 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 so many different moments that I, I just loved about you know, in Texas Tech. Um, seeing us get over that hump there. But yeah, I think there's so many different moments that, you know, even all, even, even like just little spring games and scrimmages that we went through as teams in our winter conditioning workouts, whatever it may have been. I think those are the, those are some of my favorite moments. What's your connection like to the Cyclones now? I mean, I, I assume that you still follow the program uh, yeah, I still communicate and all with, that stuff. I still communicate with several people there. So for sure. Do you watch all the games or anything? In the... Oh yeah, big big Cyclone fan. <laughs> what uh, what are your thoughts on the team here for this uh, upcoming fall? What was it like to see them uh, win the Fiesta Bowl? Would you have ever imagined that was possible when you got it to Iowa on a cold winter day back in 2013 or 14, whatever that was? Yeah, uh, honestly, I've you know just watching college football. You know that's just a dream. That's a dream of of some people, and, and you never realize it will come true, but. You know, now that you know it's there, I, I'm I'm hoping that they stay in the top five. I hope they get to the the playoffs and win the national championship, and I believe they can. Um, you know, Lawrence White, we went to the same high school, we grew up together, and you know, so I was always a big fan of watching defense and watching him play all the time. But you know, now that there's a couple guys that's coming back, like any, you know, Charlie, some guys that are still on the team where I was there, it's exciting. I'm still so excited, you know, just like I was playing. So, um. Yeah, I think that I think I think the sky's the limits for them. I, you know, there is no limit actually. I believe. I think they're going to do great things. I think, uh, like I said, I think that was Campbell's you know blueprint from the beginning of time, and it just took us a while. I know my class at least took us a little bit to actually believe that, and I think we could have did the same. But you know, I'm so excited that they're there now, and like I said, I think I'm uh, I'm one of the biggest Iowa State fans <laughs> there is. So, what uh, what do you think of Ivshim Young? He reminds me a lot of you, the way that he likes to play. Oh, I love the way he played last year. You know, he he he's violent. So and I don't know him um, personally, but he's violent. He's a very violent player. And, I, and man, you you can't you can't you can't um, teach that. And that's something that's unteachable. So not too many people are still made as violently and play violently as him. So that that's that's special to have somebody on that defense because you know you can always look back and understand that if you're holding somebody up, there's probably three, and especially the way they play that the defense at Iowa State, there's three, four guys who are flying that's coming to clean up that tackle. And if, if, if he gets there first, good luck. <laughs> Man, it's funny because I think the last couple times we've talked to Coach Haycock, one of the first questions he's asked is like, how much do you want to rein that in? Obviously, he got ejected twice uh, last season. like, And he's such an important piece of that defense. He's only going to keep getting – as he keeps getting better and better, like he's just more and more important. Like you don't want to rein it in too much, you know, because that's what makes him so great. But at the same time, it's like you you need him on the football field. And I think that that's something that, you know, he's talked about just being a difficult balance to, to walk sometimes. Oh, I think as he gets older, he I mean, now – he will understand that the ejections are huge and, you know, it could be from, you know, the 
the difference between winning and losing a game. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think I think he's going to continue with Coach Haycock and Coach Campbell. They won't, they won't limit him to play the way he plays, and that's the way he plays. I think the rules kind of just conform to a little opposite of the way he plays, but he's going to continue. I believe he's going to continue to play the way he plays. Like I said, that's unteachable. That's just something that comes natural. You can't turn you can't turn that on and off. That's the way he plays the, plays the game. All right, last two things. Just about a couple of your former teammates. How's it how's it been for you to see the other number five, Alan Lazard, having some success for the for the Packers? Oh, that's amazing. Um I'm well, I'm I'm a Tom Brady fan, personally, um, as far as pro professional, but that's amazing. I think, you know, it was destined and I kinda, you know, it kinda kinda sucks that he, you know, um Yeah. All yeah, the other stuff is happening. Yeah, but yeah, it, he, he man. I think I think his I think his success is going to go beyond just just the last two years. I think he's going to go however long he creates. And he, like I said, he's one of the guys that takes care of his body, does things the right way, and you know takes football very serious. So he's going to have a special career in, in NFL. All right, how about David? Is there and as someone who had to defend him uh, all the time? Oh, we, was there a we, point we, when we, you knew that David Montgomery was a freak? We knew he was special the day he walked in campus. We, I mean, uh, Campbell does this thing when he recruits. Uh, he shows he shows what guys he's bringing in, and who who who's who do you, who, who's he offering? Who's on the visit this this week or whatever? And I think the whole team knew David was that guy and special from the beginning of time. And then and then just watching David's work ethic. David had I think tremendous work ethic. I think um, so. We I, I, that that was a no brainer there. I knew brain. I know we we all knew David. I think from the first handoff he got it at Iowa State, we knew that David was destined for greatness. So, all right, awesome man. I I appreciate you taking the time to to talk to me, and um, we'll have to stay in touch. We'll be following uh, following Dennison this fall, and um, keeping an eye on everything you got going on. All right, man. I appreciate you for uh, reaching out. It's it's great to be on the podcast. Awesome. All right, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon.